Gosh, do you think that uh, your audience on your podcast are going to be confused when it's my voice coming in first? Uh, I'm not sure, but uh, we can check. Uh, yeah. I'm Mukash, and he's Jamon. Yes. And usually Jamon is on the React Native radio, radio which I'm a fan of, uh, for years and years. Yeah. And uh, usually I'm a host of the React Native show podcast right. with a long name. Uh, and together today, we are doing a crossover episode. Yes, and I'm super excited to do this. We've been planning it for a while. Yeah, It's been something that's, you know, some back and forth going on. Uh, these are basically the two biggest podcasts in the React Native space. And uh, of course, you know, we, we tend to do our own thing usually, but we've been talking about different topics we could take on. Uh, so excited about this though. And we are over here in Poland, uh, React Native EU, uh, which, just wrapped up. It's been awesome. Yeah, and that's. Uh, I, I I think I need to explain my voice. I usually sounds sound better uh, if you from React Native Radio and you go to our feed. I sound better usually, but <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, we had two days on of amazing talks. Yes. Uh, we had before that we had a core contributor summit, which we which we attended. That was amazing. Um, and for the past three days, we've been collecting some news, some threads, some currents in the React Native ecosystem, and we've decided to just go for it. Just records as we stand yeah. with little preparation. <laughs> so excuse us for maybe not being on 100% uh, factual, yes. maybe, or, and I don't know if you know, but probably we are not allowed to speak freely about all of the things that we know from the right. Contributor Summit. Yeah, yeah. I, I really wish we could because there's some really interesting things that kind of came up there. But I guess just to explain to our listeners what we're talking about here, uh, the people from the various partner companies with React Native, uh, not, just people, not just companies like Meta and Microsoft, but also, you know, CallStack, Infinite Red, Software Mansion, um, all Shopify. these, Shopify, yeah. All these companies, uh, they, we, we got together and had various workshops and topics, uh, working groups, where we discussed some of the big pressing topics for React Native, what is really Im important to all of us. Uh, and I, I thought it was great. It was really cool to, to meet with all these people and see where people are going. And, and I learned a lot, I know, and it will affect what we bring to the table with our open source. I know that CallStack I'm sure we'll do the same. Yeah, I, like for me, the experience was even like more uh, magnified mm -hmm. because you are on those um, um, committees for a while now. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a first year joining the Core Contributor Summit. And like you said, we've been discussing problems, maybe yeah. pressing problems, but also like some nice additions that we, we want to do and like the... React Native going forward in like one year, two years into the future. Mm -hmm. And I think our clients, you are from Infinite, right? We are from Callstack. Yeah. Our clients trust us to know those things, to guide them through that, um, yeah, it's, that ecosystem yeah. that's, that is like um, evolving out there. Yeah. But we 
are not free to talk about this. So yeah. maybe we should start talking about yeah, it. Yeah, let's move on to the yeah. next thing. So like I said, that's not new news, right. but maybe some of them are. Uh, we don't want to do, we react, we react to news. Right. right now. <laughs> my, my listeners will know that that's a, a common thing that we do from time to time. This will resemble that a little bit, but it's not necessarily brand new news. Uh, it's we're visiting revisiting some topics. Okay, maybe yeah. Let's let let's just go in. Mm -hmm. The first topic is new debugger experience. Yeah, and with this, which we got an announcement from the main stage two days ago, Free Flipper dropping from React Native. Right. Not not dropping the support, but not being included from 074 right. uh, in the React Native init. In the, yeah, React Native init, the, the main template, which also would include something like Ignite, which our, um, you know, Infinite Red puts out Ignite, which is a boilerplate that builds upon the React Native CLI, which CallStack maintains. Um, basically, uh, Flipper, it was interesting. Uh, what was the what was the crowd reaction oh, man. When, they, when they announced the, that Flipper was not going to be in the main? I was surprised on the one hand, and on the other, it felt like I could relate. Yeah, everyone was clapping. Yeah, everyone was <laughs> clapping from uh, the from the drip, Flipper dropping from React Native. Right, and like Flipper is an amazing tool. It is. It's it really a is. Huge community yeah. of add-ons and plugins, and like it allows you to debug your React Native really well, yeah. but it has a lot of issues. It does, and that's the thing. Like, you wouldn't think that we would be clapping, applauding the, the removal of a debugging tool when that's actually we need more of. We need yeah. more debugging tools. We need more tools. But the problem with, with Flipper was that it was very invasive. It did things like extend your, your build times a lot of times. It would uh, not work in certain cases. It would sometimes make your app not work when you weren't even trying to use Flipper. Yeah. Uh, and it would be unresponsive sometimes. I, I don't want to, you know, get on the Flipper team. That, that was never really their priority. They were a native debugging yes. tool, native uh, performance tool. Uh, and, and we it, were really grateful to get a support yeah, for React absolutely. Native a few years absolutely. ago. But uh, bundling it by default right. created a lot of problems it did. for a lot of people, especially for those that didn't want to use Flipper. That's right. Didn't want to do have anything to do with it. And like you said, there are dr React Native drops one tool from default, mm -hmm. but they're giving us something in exchange for that. What that's is right. And that's the, uh, that's the new debugger. And the new debugger is going to be based on Chrome debugger, which uh, a lot of people are more used to. It's more of a web tool. Yeah. Uh, but it will connect into React Native and allow you to debug using the most familiar tool that you can have, which is which is the Chrome debugger. I really like this. I like this step. It's moving in the right direction. Of course, Infinite Red has put out Reactatron for a long time, yeah. which is a cool tool. It it has a few things built into it, including you know logging and uh, network, network inspector. inspector, state inspector. Uh, has some performance tools built in. They're fairly minimal, but they're they're in there. I think what you also have is that overlay on top of the Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. It's so it's so good. You can put an image like yeah. a screenshot of what the designer wants. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a way to do a pixel perfect design. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, there's some cool tools there, but but we haven't invested a ton into Reactatron, mm -hmm. so there's much more that needs to be brought to the table and really Chrome debugger is going to be that. So, the main selling point for the new debugger is that it actually runs 
on the phone, That's runs right. JavaScript either uh, on the physical device or in the simulator and not in the Chrome, not because, the web browser. Exactly, and be, it's because like in the past you could use the Chrome debugger, but it was running the JavaScript in an on environment. V8. It was on V8. Yeah. And so there were some things that it wouldn't perform the same, uh, you couldn't actually affect. So get this, Luca, this is awesome. If you actually attach something to like the global object, the global this or whatever, mm -hmm. and then run it in the terminal, like run that function, it will affect what's on your simulator. It's amazing that you could actually do that. Yeah, like right now. Yeah. With the new debugger. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the case that I had with the old debugging with, yeah. with Chrome was that the Moment.js. Moment.js was just, I couldn't reproduce my bugs that were happening on the device. I couldn't mm. reproduce them in the debugger. Yeah. Right now, I can, but Moment.js is a thing of the past, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's from like a few years ago. That but I that's a good example, uh, yeah. where it's just a different environment. Now we'll be running the same environment. Yeah. So that was the new debugging experience yep. and the flipper dropping. Um, the next topic is a heavy one. <laughs> so there is a question uh, from the audience in the Q&A panel uh, here at React Native. Oh, maybe we can explain. At the end of the two yes. days of talks, yep. we had a panel. Uh, Nicola Corti was there from the core team. Yep. Uh, Eli, Eli White, yep. uh, Mike Pieschawa from Colstag, and uh, Caliph from Microsoft, mm -hmm. uh, Wojtek, uh, and, and, and Charlotte. Yeah. And they, they were um, answering mm -hmm. questions from the public gathered throughout the conference about the state of React Native, the future of React Native, and the future of React Native is what this question is about. Yeah, the question was, when is React Native 1.0 going to be landing? Yeah. And it was interesting because uh, the, the Eli answer- Eli was sweating. <laughs> Eli was sweating. <laughs> you can see him. She's like, yeah. uh, uh, essentially the answer is, uh, you know, it's, it's when the community uh, really makes it happen, uh, when the community can commit to it. Because it's not, 1.0 isn't really about a feature set. I mean, that's maybe part of it, but it's really about a culture and a mindset. Uh, mm -hmm. And I'll just ask you, like, when you, when, when you think 1.0, what are you thinking in terms of the culture and the mindset of the React Native community? So exactly what Eli, I'm gonna echo what he said on yeah. the stage. He said, we don't want to just give you a number yeah. because if, if nothing changes with that number, the number doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We want to bring stability. We want to bring everyone to the, to the same architecture. Yes. Uh, he, he didn't say new architecture. <laughs> he said the same architecture. Uh, we want the processes to be yeah. stable. Mm -hmm. We don't want to, like Nicola Corti had a talk about how I broke React Native right. from the last uh, November, I think, mm -hmm. when yep. the React Native stopped working for yeah. all of the people on Android for a few days. Mm -hmm. uh, so he said, we don't want that in 1.0. So yeah, the expectation is that we will then treat React Native as a product yeah. that you could imagine yourself paying for a license, sure. basically. Yeah, yeah. You expect it to work and it works reliably. Yeah. And yeah, stability, API stability. This, this isn't, it's not just for React Native upgrades. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. But it's also for the, the third party ecosystem. The third party, you like building libraries that hook into React Native. If we know that there's going to be some API stability moving forward, 
we can commit to those APIs and we're not going to have to release breaking changes to our libraries in order to stay up with React Native. That's a huge yeah. thing because a lot of times it's like, hey, I want to move up to 72, to 73, to 74. Well, in order to do that, I need to upgrade all of these yeah. other packages in order to get up there. That might actually be a thing when we go 1.0, but then after that, hopefully it will settle down. Yeah, and this is what he said as well, that uh, we want to keep on one for a while. Yeah, yeah. We don't want breaking changes every three months or something. And we have that now. Maybe those are not as big over the past few releases, but still, like you say, maintainers of libraries, they don't have a, a too nice time with React Native right now over yeah. the past year or two. And the other thing, and you probably noticed this with your clients as well, Sometimes clients will come to us, or prospective clients, like sales leads will come to yeah. us and say, well, we're thinking about React Native. The only thing is, it's not 1.0. So yeah. can we really trust it? It sounds like it's beta software. So this is also a commitment to the broader uh, just ecosystem of, of companies that want to commit to React Native. But if it's not 1.0, it feels more shaky. Yeah. They, like the... The warranty should be in place, basically. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah, batteries included. Batteries included. I like um, so yeah, React Native 1.0. Uh, it's not going to be soon, uh, but we will get there as a community, mm -hmm. and uh, we can go next. And next is not something that's new, mm -hmm. but something that has been around for years and years. And actually, I don't know if you know that. You probably do. Uh, <laughs> uh, Expo. Yeah was created even before React Native was released. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah, I heard that from, from Charlie. Yeah, the, Charlie was, uh, right. was saying that. And uh, they were trying to build something like React Native. And when React Native came out, they said, this is what we're looking for, yep. but let's put a layer on top of it. Mm -hmm. Really cool story. OK, so Expo story. Yeah. Hardcore React Native developers. Uh, they have um, suspicion about it, let's yeah. say. Yeah. They don't know what to think about it. Uh, they like CLI. They like bare bones. They like Ignite. Ignite comes with Expo now. It does now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it doesn't used to. Didn't used to, yeah. Um, and I was the same, mm -hmm. honestly, sure. a, a year ago. Yeah. But then I watched a lot of great talks from AppJS. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, interviewed some people working on Expo Router, working on New Debugger, which was introduced in Expo first, I think. Um, and I think it's important to explain what Expo was yeah. and what Expo is now. Yeah, Expo initially was more what you think of with Expo Go, where everything was included. And if it wasn't included from a native standpoint, you were kind of out of luck. It was yeah. really just JavaScript. And it was either all or nothing. All of no or, or nothing. And then you had to eject if anything went, mm -hmm. even just one little line of, of native code that you needed. Over time, that has changed to now, obviously, things like config plugins and Expo pre-build. Uh, at Chain React this year, Keith Kirok from, uh, from Expo, the mm -hmm. Expo team, gave a great talk titled, Not Your Grandparents' Expo. Aw. <laughs> it's okay. a great title. Yeah, uh, And what he essentially was talking about was that evolution going from we're going to be sort of like a dumbed down version of, of React Native mm -hmm. to being a fully capable, any native code you want through config plugins, through uh, different workflows, uh, but still having that Expo Go experience when you just want to show something to someone without having to touch native code. Like a PR review. Yeah, absolutely. And, and minimal repros and whatnot. 
So I think what's the general misconception is uh, that we still have that all or nothing, but we don't. Yeah. What we have now is a set, a bag, a bucket of different utilities that you, you can mix and match. You can use one and not the other and uh, vice versa. Yeah. And uh, those can really, really, really improve your workflow. Yeah, and and the way to think about it is normally you go in there and you edit native files in iOS or Android, and when you do that, you're sort of running the risk of of making your upgrades more complex, of maybe not doing it quite right, not really being able to share what you've done other than snippets and, and Git diffs, where config plugins allow you to basically write a script yeah. that will generate your whole native file folder, and you can delete those folders and regenerate them anytime you want mm -hmm. with new parameters. And that's a really easy thing, easier thing to, uh, to not mess up because when you do an, an upgrade, you can upgrade and then regenerate everything and you're good to go. But you still have all the customizations that you need. It's really, really powerful. Yeah. I saw that in some other um, React Native-esque mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm that uh, in my project, we used to not have the folders, yeah. the builds. We used to create the build every time we, mm. we want it. And that's the case with Expo right now. Right. Um, so what do you say from um, consulting experience, mm -hmm. from talking with your clients? Do you have a lot of clients using Expo? And uh, how about clients that don't want Expo at all? So a year ago, almost nobody was using Expo. But that sort of changed. Uh, I don't know if there's a specific point, but we started recommending Expo even to our bigger clients, more, more greenfield stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and we currently have three projects going using Expo uh, with, to, to varying degrees, other than just like Expo modules of various, we use those in almost every project, but Expo itself, like the whole pipeline, including EAS, uh, config plugins, all of that, uh, we actually have three projects doing that, which is really, really interesting and very cool. Uh, so I would say about a year ago it, it changed and there are still clients who come to us who are maybe not open to using Expo. That is still the case, uh, but we're slowly changing their minds over time. It's, uh, I think it's a process. How about you at Callstack? Uh, I need to address the elephant in the room. Yeah. You are a CTO of one of the partner companies. <laughs> I'm just a technical leader for one of the projects. I don't have such overview of our projects, mm -hmm. but from my development perspective, uh, again, a year ago, I was really skeptical yeah. and I, I, I had the same, um, same experience that I had five years ago yeah. or something. Yeah. Right now, uh, I use it. Like I use it, this in my personal hobby project, sure. like where yeah. app and to the app and, and yeah. all that. Uh, and yeah, I'm a believer now yeah. and I'm going to sell it to everyone. And it, it was also like mentioned during the Q&A at the end of right. the conference that uh, all of those six people sitting there, really like industry expert, index, industry leaders, they recommend everyone using Expo. Yeah. And if yeah. you at any point don't, yeah. don't want to stick with it, yeah. you can just uh, generate and you can yeah. just adjust. Yeah, I really like that. That. Uh... Uh, you know, c connection between React Native and uh, and Expo itself, uh, where it really is a tight partnership. Re Expo is React Native, and uh, it's just a layer on top of it that'll really uh, eases all the developer experience. So we're definitely seeing it turn a corner now. Uh, and there's really no downside. Like 
there, there, there are certain things, maybe some trade-offs, mm -hmm. uh, but you don't have to use EAS. You know, you don't have to, like, that's how it makes You don't have to pay for it. Right, yeah. yeah, it's free. It's open source. They have tons of open source. They have tons of uh, third-party plugins um, that are that are really well-maintained. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Do you want to talk about uh, Expo Router? or? Um, I was thinking about closing the Expo discussion. Expo Router and Expo Image, amazing they, library. They are. But yeah. uh, I don't have really much takes on, on it. Uh, apart they're from, they're very new, so yeah, yeah, that's that's a whole that's a whole another thing. Um, next topic, which is new, I knew about this a uh, few months ago. Yeah, and actually talking with uh, some very very smart people uh, in the networking mm -hmm. uh, around coffee table, I spoke with someone who just found it in the repository of Hermes. Yeah, because it's been. It's been actually public, but sort of like hidden in plain sight yeah. for a while. Because who is going through the Hermes repositories <laughs> looking for a new branches? Right. And the branch name was Static Hermes. Static Hermes. Yeah. And, and we got about. an announcement uh, just today. And I, I couldn't be on the talk. I know some things about it. Yeah. I couldn't be on the talk. So if you can please yeah. let me know what Svetan uh, yeah. was talking about. So it's a fantastic talk. You should definitely watch it if it's out on YouTube uh, by the time this, this lands. Uh, but essentially what static Hermes, so Hermes itself is an interpreter. It's like a, a JavaScript engine and it uh, converts JavaScript into bytecode and then runs that bytecode. But it's still an interpreter. It's not running like native machine code. Yeah. What static Hermes is, is native machine code. It's not converting it to bytecode. There's no interpreter. It's running as is, it's standalone. And it's using JavaScript, specifically TypeScript or Flow. Mm -hmm. And the reason it needs TypeScript, you can't just use JavaScript, is because it needs all that type information in order to compile to... That, that's one of the things that's very hard about JavaScript, like compile... You, you might wonder, like, why don't we have a static version of uh, JavaScript? Like, mm -hmm. why can't you just compile it down? Well, that's very hard to do with, a, with an untyped language. Yeah. Uh, so by, by having strict static typing with TypeScript or Flow, they can infer the types from that, and then they can uh, they can actually compile it down to to machine code, which where where this would it doesn't necessarily replace the JavaScript that you're using on your front end, but where where this would replace is mainly if you were to get to a certain point and you're 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 kind of like looking at your performance and you're, you're narrowing it down and you finally find out that the the Hermes interpreter is really your bottleneck. It's too slow for something. Mm -hmm. Maybe something, I heard an example of uh, someone who was trying to do uh, an encryption uh, algorithm. So when, uh, when that happens in the past or up till now, your only recourse would have been to write it in C++. Because mm -hmm. C++ yeah. would, I mean, you could write it in, I guess, Swift and in Kotlin, but but really C++. Yeah, if you want the best, best possible performance, performance you go, as close to the metal as possible. Exactly, and also C++ is cross-platform, so you were able to run yeah. it on Android and iOS. So, C++, but we're JavaScript developers, we're TypeScript developers. We would rather write that. Yeah. So Hermes, static Hermes, will allow us to write TypeScript, compile it as if it's C++, mm -hmm. and run it on both iOS and Android. And it's incredibly fast. It's up to 20 times faster than your typical interpreted bytecode. Uh, there are some trade-offs. Uh, you can't just write any TypeScript you want. There's some sort of some rules around that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you, I suppose you could, 
but it, it, you end up with uh, performance penalties that make it not worth it. Well, I guess TypeScript can be really complicated. Yes. Uh, you can do a generic of a generic of a generic, yes. maybe, yes. and that might be hard for a compiler to Interestingly, it's, it's actually the opposite. The, the generics actually help, help the compiler oh, quite okay. a bit. But what's really hard is when you type something as, uh, let's say, uh, you know, let user colon user, like, you know, capital U user, mm -hmm. uh, but it's actually undefined. You can't do that uh, in, okay. if you want maximum performance because you really need it to be mm -hmm. actually user. like a user or, or, uh, or to type it as user or undefined. Uh, so, so a union. Mm -hmm. um, so stuff like that is actually the, uh, the sort of the limitations around it. But it's a lot easier than learning C++. Oh, and yeah. So that's, you can yeah. learn sort of the rules around it. It's not ready yet. Uh, it's he, highly experimental. Yes, very experimental. But they're making progress. He even showed a screenshot of compiling a command line, uh, just a binary that you can just run and mm -hmm. on your command line. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you, you don't necessarily need to even run it in your, your React Native app. He said don't do this, but, you know, people will. <laughs> uh, my take about this is it's great. Mm -hmm. I've heard people talking, uh, I think people from Meta talking that they already have plans. Yeah. To, like, obviously, if yeah. this works, they will yep. include it in Facebook. My hope is that... I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I just have to bump Flipper, uh, the Hermes. Hermes. Um, and it will generate the necessary uh, bytecode for me from the things that it can. It will leave the places that it cannot alone, and it will just interpret it uh, in the right runtime. So I, I think from, by default, it will not behave any differently than, mm -hmm. than uh, even if you bump it, I don't think it'll behave any differently. You have to kind of opt into this this behavior, and why wouldn't you just write everything then in uh, in static Hermes? Well, there is a bit of a performance, or sorry, not a performance. There is a bit of a cost in developer experience because mm -hmm. when you have you a need crash, to compile. you need to compile, and when you have a crash, it's native stack traces. Mm -hmm. It's not your normal JavaScript track, uh, stack traces. So it's not necessarily something that would be used as a broad brush across your project. Mm -hmm. It's very much more when you were going to decide to use C++, now you would use this. Okay, okay, I get that. Um, and just uh, another hot take. Yeah. This is a great tool. It's just amazing. So yeah. uh, I talked with uh, Svetan yes. uh, about this in March. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was like really excited and I started talking about like React Native using this. And she said, uh, what are you talking to me about? Like, I'm not a React Native developer. I do this. <laughs> I do compilers. Like, this yeah. is my word. I don't, yeah. like, I'm not sure if he said that I don't even know React Native, <laughs> but, like, his job is to find all of these, like, places yeah. where he can make Hermes as good as possible. Yeah. And, like, this static Hermes is, is just mind-blowing. Yeah, and in fact, he talked about even for the interpreted uh, Hermes, like the regular mm -hmm. Hermes, that they have potentially the ability to double its speed pretty soon. Like, oh, okay. I have some ideas on, on that. So they're always working on that. By the way, funny little story. Uh, so Charlotte, I forget her last name, but Charlotte uh, gave a, a great talk about... Uh, Charlotte from BAM. Yeah, from BAM. Uh, how, how React Native works, essentially. 
Oh, uh, yeah. React works. I loved it. It was great. And uh, Svetan told her after I was standing there with him and, and he said, now I know how React Native works. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It was really about React. The, yeah, the React, React rendering behavior. That's the right. mental model for React Native behavior. Mm -hmm. I highly recommend everyone to watch go, this. Go check it out. Um, yeah, it really refreshed my memory as well. Yeah. I didn't know about the fibers and like fiber tree and like, it's great. It has such an amazing visuals and she's such an amazing speaker. Yeah. Go check it out right after you check the episode, the crossover episode yes. on the React Native uh, radio and the React Native show podcast feeds. Um, Static Hermes, probably we can yes. just wrap yeah. it up. Uh, Core Contributor Summit, we already discussed yep. this. Yep. Um, okay, oh, this is, this is a big one. <laughs> um, one notable missing subject yeah. from this conference, two days, and we had Nicola Corti on mm -hmm. stage several times, new architecture. Yeah. I feel like no one was talking about it, yeah. either on stage, near, uh, neither in the coffee machine place. Yeah. Why do you think that is? I think it's, it is a big elephant in the room. It's a mm -hmm. big topic. I think progress is being made across the board. It's not just internally, but also with third-party libraries. Mm -hmm. uh, but it feels like maybe... Maybe there's just a lull in talking about it simply because everybody is so heads down working on what they're trying to, to, to bring everything to the new architecture. But you're right. It was kind of interesting. We didn't actually hear a lot about it. Yeah. There was a, a question in the Q&A about the, the, the new architecture. Yeah. Do you remember what the answer was? Um, so Nico read the question. He asked Eli yeah. uh, about it. And Eli just said, Nico, you should tell us something. Because Nico yeah. is like, um, I think his role in the core team yeah. is actually this. It's yeah. actually like right. new architecture, uh, talking about new architecture, mm -hmm. bringing the new architecture. Um, there was some talk about the interop, yes. which is nice. I think that was huge. The, yeah. the interop, so what the interop is for our listeners, uh, essentially... In the, in the beginning, they said new architecture was not going to be compatible mm -hmm. with the old architecture. Like you would not, you'd have to upgrade. Again, all or nothing. All or nothing. Then later they kind of reversed that. It was actually, I think earlier this year, they reversed that decision and they said, nope, we're going to provide an interop layer for everything, there are, even the deprecated methods. Actually, there are, there, there are a few, few steps to this. Yeah. So in the beginning, like years ago, when they announced new architecture, it wasn't clear. Like mm -hmm. it was the messaging was it's all or nothing. Yeah. Then if you were watching the React Native community closely, mm -hmm. you would see that the new architecture was in the working groups, in yep. the talks, mm -hmm. but some libraries like started to use it yeah. in just React Native, in just products like reanimated. Mm -hmm. What the hell are they using? Yeah. So they were using turbo modules, mm -hmm. right? The GSI. Yeah. And the GSI is half of the new architecture. Mm -hmm. And you could use that bit just as standalone exactly. thing yeah. forever. Right. But the other part of new architecture, the new views, uh, like uh, fabric. Fabric, yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was all or nothing. Yeah. You couldn't use old renderer mm -hmm. and new renderer. Yeah. Uh, if you tried, you would get a pink box, 
in your uh, in the yeah. review hierarchy. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, in March it was announced, like in the RC for O seventy three, I think that uh, yeah, you you can do that now. I, I want to shout give a shout out to Rick Hanlon uh, from the Meta Core team who really advocated for the community to get that interop layer in there. Mm -hmm. I think it, there was some internal resistance. I don't know exactly who from, but it was it's a lot of work. It's a lot oh, of work yeah. to do. But Rick, I, can, I think, really pushed for, we need this for the community. We need to make sure that, uh, that libraries aren't left behind. And this interop layer will allow you to, to run these libraries on the new architecture. Yeah, but like I can also see from, from like the pushback side, yeah. I can also see that you made those steps forward. Mm -hmm. You are out there. You say, this is great. We should all be using it. Like, yeah. please embrace it. We will help you. Nico was saying last year, we will help you. This is the time. This is the time. Let's yeah. do that together. And then when people see you taking a step back and say, maybe we can help you out. Like, yeah. it's great. I agree yeah. this is great. But like, from, you know, from the messaging point of view, yeah. from like the, um, how do I say, from the, you know, from yeah. the messaging, the, the branding. The PR, branding. Yeah. And, it, and I think that it's a, it's a concession to the reality that there are many oh. really popular packages that are not very well maintained. Mm -hmm. oh, uh, okay. You know, so, so things like Expo's stuff is all going to move to the new architecture if it hasn't already. Most of it has. Um, uh, React Native WebView, because of uh, Tebo, uh, has moved forward to the new architecture through great effort. Um, but there are other other libraries that won't make the move, and if and if you if you don't if you leave them behind, you're going to leave the the companies that are relying on those packages behind. They will never upgrade to the new architecture yeah. because of it. So it was a concession to reality. Obviously, we all want to use the new stuff. But the good news is that new libraries that are created afterward can all take advantage of the new architecture and then eventually the older ones will drop off and we'll have new ones take their mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I love it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that it's there mm -hmm. and I love the compatibility. Um, and yeah, thanks. Yeah, like, absolutely. So my voice is going out. <laughs> like I cannot- I'm surprised you've been able to do as much as you have. <laughs> uh, like, I've been doing this since like Core Contributor Summit. Yeah. One first day of the conference, yeah. I did a keynote. Uh, <laughs> today we had Gunter Steiner. I did the yeah. Q&A, like just the networking with people. Yeah. I, I cannot just sit out there and like yeah. don't talk. I have to talk with people yeah. like you, with people yeah. like Nico, uh, all of those. Is this I, your last uh, speaking engagement of the evening, though? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And then and we then we are going to head to the party. Yeah. So, what do you do at the end of your podcast usually? Usually, I, I ask uh, I I thank the the people that are behind the project the the the, uh, the the podcast, which I do want to say thank you to to Callstack's team here, the React Native uh, the React Native Show podcast. podcast. I got it. <laughs> Uh, production team, and uh, as well as thank you, uh, Wilkash, for helping kind of push this together because I really wanted to do this once I came here to Wilsov. Uh, what I what I then do is I I ask uh, Robin usually yeah. if she has a a dad joke, but since she's a mom, it's a mom joke. Okay, uh, but I, we don't have a mom joke available here. Yeah, so, and you know. also like 
I'm tired <laughs> and my joke would not be funny. And I want this episode to be as good as it possibly can. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to do it for a long, long time. Yeah. I'm a huge fan and a listener of React Native Radio. Mutual, absolutely. I was a junior developer starting <laughs> with React Native. I love um, it. This podcast gave me a lot of things that I could then talk with my uh, colleagues yeah. at the companies that I've been mm -hmm. with uh, back then. Uh, at the end of yeah. our show, yeah, your show, I usually do this. I I, I usually do the brief like what we discussed about, oh, okay. I like and it. like I do the thank you, and I say that I'm a huge fan, and I that I I, that I am, uh, and I use your products. I use Ignite. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so. Very cool. let, let me do that. Go ahead. This was a crossover episode of React Native Radio and the React Native Show podcast. We discussed uh, the conference that we are at right now. Uh, we discussed some of the current trends, current themes, uh, new things, old things from React Native community, which we are a part of. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just had an amazing conversation. I absolutely love the people at CallStack. Uh, we have a great relationship and we have for many years now, probably six, seven years now, uh, something like that. We, it's, it's so awesome to have uh, what I consider a sister company across, across the Atlantic. And uh, so it's fantastic to do this. Really awesome. Thank you so much, Bear. Thank you. Me.